Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No. Because I'm going to be sticking at the top of my head. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Season 8 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by my podcast pal, Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Great to be back, folks. Oh, Great to be back. pre-season for us, isn't it? This is, a, this is a run out. We're going to be a wee bit ring rusty here, okay? So listeners, viewers, you need to bear with us. We're just trying to work out the kinks, figure out the new system. <laughs> Plus, nothing good has ever reached Season 8. No. There's never been a good Season 8 of anything. Was it Game of Thrones that had a terrible Season 8? Is that when it started to really go off the rails? I can't think of many things that have even made Season 8. No. Did The Sopranos make Season nope, 8? No, nope. long gone by then. I, I never watched it. The Wire didn't make Season 8. Nope, five. Nope. Eight, nothing, mainly anything? Nope. Only Fools and Horses? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, that was just in perpetuity. They just made Only Fools and Horses forever and ever. Look, if you've been watching and listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we have a Patreon site, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. That's where you can support this podcast in exchange for extra content, videos, writing, podcasts. And what it does is it helps us improve what we do in the podcast. Every season we invest in things like these lovely new cameras you can see here. No more weird differentiation between picture quality. We're all in glorious HD and that's primarily down to the support of our patrons so that's patreon.com slash 20 minute tims there is a link in the bio of the podcast or the YouTube where you can check that out now we've got the housekeeping out of the way Stephen um, Celtic had a bit of housekeeping didn't they the summer is always time for a couple of things recruitment pre-season friendlies shirt releases and arguing on Twitter about <laughs> uh, whether or not signings are good or not up in the prices in the shops as well we've had that oh well, we have had that I, summer of discontent it's not been a summer of discontent for Celtic though because we're unbeaten in the pre-season friendly cup yeah a few too many <laughs> few too many draws in there but we did reach the final and then, and then beat Norwich in the final of the pre-season friendly cup because these things matter now <laughs> if you remember the tail end of last season clubs were just making up Trophies and champions to be things about. <laughs> aye, aye, but we are the, the most successful friendly team in the world, having looked at no one else's results. <laughs> Although Aberdeen have been pretty good, more to come on oh, that. Definitely, Ab- aye. Aberdeen have been fearsome. That's, in that's definitely a trope of the aye. pre-season. How good, uh, how good have Aberdeen have been? What's Melbourne should been your pick of the friendlies? Uh, I think it'd be the Norwich game at the weekend. There, mm. the the Boric one was good because you got to see Arthur Boric. But it's, they ripped a piss at that wee yeah, bit, didn't they? Obviously, of course they did. But being back at Celtic Park, and it's probably been the best performance by Celtic as well. And it's you can see why because mm. it's the last game we're up to speed before the big stuff starts this week. So it's good to see, and you're kind of getting an idea of who's going to be in the starting team, maybe one or two wee changes, but as well, looking at the team at the weekend there with the signings of Jens and Moy, the options on the bench were great. Like two two sets of teams we had we had out there mm. that all looks good. And when you compare it to exactly a year ago today, the only player Celtic had brought in this time last year was Liel Abada. And now look at the team, we've got seven signings in this summer, I think, and... Well, how many signings January last year in the summer? So within a within a year, it's complete change at Celtic, and it's all good. I've got I to see, laugh. Oh. So sorry, I had to laugh at the Arthur Boric coverage mm. of the, the friendly because I did watch that. And as soon as he took the mic to make his big like farewell emotional speech, he burst into tears and all that. Celtic TV were basically just like, right, that's us done. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's in po- I know it's in Polish, right? I wouldn't have really gathered what it was mm. he was saying, but I still wanted to take in the moment, his final moment as a yeah. professional footballer. Which was like, no, it's us. Just cut the cut the feed stone I- dead. I- I've got to say, I do. I'm a bit iffy about these pre-season friendlies. Like I've enjoyed 
the sort of Blackburn and Nor- Norwich games, um, th- those the, the progression of the preseason for Inglis have got gl- gradually more competitive yeah, yeah. Uh, as we've gotten closer and closer to the season. But I just think Celtic TV have got a bit of a cheek, like <laughs> selling the earlier ones that are basically just bounce games, basically uh, yeah. enhanced training sessions. But, oh, sign up for Celtic TV, watch Celtic play. SC Wiener or whatever <laughs> you end up murdering a team 7 0 on a training park. Aye, th- we can kind avowed of this year to not do our Patreon coverage around the friendlies. Mm. We're, we've spoken about them on our Patreon property at Breakfast of the Champions that just talks about the general news, but we haven't been doing the reactions and all that to the individual games yeah. because what you tend to find is that you'll try and force opinions of what you've just seen in one of these friendlies and then it becomes completely invalid two days later when that person who you've focused on I'm no, naming no names but off the top of my head there were youth players involved yep. in the first couple of friendlies that will play no competitive minutes yep. for Celtic so you'd find yourself forcing comments oh is this guy going is to be Uro Gide the future at Celtic yeah. centre central defence then you line up for the next no yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's not Rocco Vata scored, yeah. scored a goal in one of these games as well like, uh, will Rocco Vata challenge Kyogo <laughs> and Yaki Marcus no yeah yeah the answer to all of these is, is basically no <laughs> so we, we haven't been doing that but what we did say was that these things will ramp up towards the season because mm. the experimentation will be gone the idea that it's just for fitness will go as well because that's not necessarily true about pre-season friendlies yes fitness is a huge aspect of it but what you're doing is you're preparing for the rigours of a season to be mm. played so th- as you get to the last couple of friendlies especially when you get home and you're playing against on paper, decent opposition like Norwich and Blackburn Rovers and all that, the, you, you're going to be able to see that the teams want to win the games mm. rather than just, you know, run. A, I mean, you could get fit in hill sprints. You don't need to play against. You don't need to bring Norwich up for the game. So it's not just about fitness. It's about preparing for the season. And sure enough, it, it really did ramp up. We had a few a few tasty ones in there oh, as well. Aye, the Blackburn yeah. game, Melly, was particularly tasty. The Legia game as well. That was like a pro- Those were two proper ties. Yeah, yeah the Blackburn, I find the away game is quite difficult to sort of hold your concentration for because if you're at the game it's a lot easier mm. and sort of you've got the background of Celtic Park and all that you know what you're looking at but the the Blackburn game I've never seen a friendly with so many bookings like in the flesh <laughs> there's five for Blackburn and then at the end James McCarthy just went oh fuck this and went right through someday who was, well. the, who was the ref because he was quite lenient to begin with I felt because it, 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 it was clancy because the bookings could have came a lot earlier in that game oh. he's like oh it's a friendly I'll see what happens yeah. just kept coming kept coming you definitely think like fuck it's a friendly the ref tries to mm. keep his cars in his pocket but it got to the point where even he was like oh, come on lads the Blackburn are <laughs> flying into challenges and the spirit of Sunus <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was some some of them were a bit bad but you're just like well Celtic Wiley did play quite well in that game mm. you see it with these games as soon as you start making the subs in the second half it sort of dies as a contest both teams making subs and then some games the quality real from the first 11 to second 11 really dropped down but as we've been building towards it and getting a couple of players in and back starting to get oh do you know what it's not that big a drop off in most positions and as far as the it doesn't matter, it's only about fitness stuff goes. Ange didn't seem to think that as well because he wasn't particularly happy oh, after aye. one or two of the games. He he said, look, things could have been better, basically, for some of the performances. He's not coming off that pitch and thinking, aye, but we're a wee bit fitter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's clear that Ange is trying something different with his team. It's clear that he wants to see the players play in a slightly different way. It's clear that he's wanting to give these guys, I know we, we sort of joked earlier on about like, like Uro Gide and Loa and Vata not having a chance, but... They might not realistically have a chance, but at least there's like that's their opportunity yeah, yeah, to yeah. show the manager what they can do. You know, it's not as you say, just about it's not just about fitness. There's nothing to really be gained from it from a competitive sense. But for the players, there's definitely something to be gained for the manager. They can see how his team are performing. He might want to try some different tactical things and see how they go. I know there's been a lot of top melee, but Joe Hart playing much further up front, and Joe Hart's spoken about that himself, about getting used to this new position, not further up front, but further out of his goal, rather, um, same thing, um, <laughs> about getting used to this. Is there anything interesting that you've taken for the pre-season, any, any particular players that you thought, do you know what, I'm quite interested in seeing him next season? I think the main thing for me is the midfield. Where sort of The, the defence, you can go, right, he'll come in or he'll come in, but in that midfield, there's been chat about the whole physical defensive midfielder mm. coming in and I just I see why you'd, that could be a possibility for Celtic but with the way Ange Postacoglu plays the best teams in the world don't really have that and Callum McGregor is that pivot that that metronome in there that makes Celtic tick to take mm. that out 
you just lose so much in there because he just knows exactly what to do, especially if we're bringing in guys like Bernabe and Moritz Jens who are going to be in the defence. He's going to be in there and he's going to be a guy available to pass to. He's going to be dictating where everybody should be. He's brilliant at that. And if we were to bring in, was it Souza in there? A Brazilian guy sitting in there dictating. It it doesn't speak English and all that. I've just Mm. seen it was very difficult. But with Callum McGregor there, it's ahead of him that's really interesting for me with Turnbull, Hitati and O'Reilly because between the three of them, I can't quite pick what the my best would be out of mm. the three of them. And with the form of all three of them during pre-season as well, after one game, I'm right, right, it's a Hitati and O'Reilly. Oh, wait a minute, it's Turnbull and O'Reilly. It could be anyone, any any two of the three that play in there. And now bringing in Aaron Moy as well, you're like, you know what, we've got some really good options. This defensive midfielder thing, Stephen, I'm not too sure where it came from because I don't think Ange has ever said it, but it's Quite like, the opposite, in fact. He I, said he doesn't want one. Yeah. Because people are saying, oh, we need this defensive midfielder who can win the ball back and dictate play, you know, the sort of physical guy that can help us in the Champions League. And it, it's... It's quite reminiscent of an old argument we used to have with Celtic quite a lot where people would go, Aye, we need an attacking midfielder who can beat a man, pick out a pass and maybe chip in with 15 goals. And my, my answer to that was always, oh, so you want to sign Luka Modric? <laughs> and, and this sort of physical midfielder that can win the ball back, sit at the base and dictate play and allow Callum McGregor. I'm like, who is that? Because I don't... Michael Essien doesn't play anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? like, but I don't know if that, that one player that does all those things that you want that's going to fit into Ange's system necessarily exists. If they do exist, Celtic definitely can't afford them. That's man. it. And then even the likes of Aaron Moy, people like, he's the physical guy we want. Just because he's got a bald head? Is that, <laughs> is that why you think he's physical? Because he looks a bit like a hard nut? Because that's not really his profile either. A bald fraud. <laughs> but, uh, the, 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 I get the theory of the, the big dominant physical central mm. defensive midfielder. I get the theory of it because it's been put to me when, I, when I've kind of asked people, are, are you really sure that we we need this kind of yeah. thing? It's been put to me that we're likely to get, you know, quote, bullied in the Champions League if we don't have anything more robust, mm. shall we say, in midfield. I'm like, is that going to be the answer though? See if we put a big stopper of a defensive midfielder in. Is it going to halt Kevin De Bruyne? I don't know. Right? I think we're going to need more than that. But I just, I don't really see where where we need that in a domestic setting. But that's not even Ange's solution to no, that problem. No, no, Ange's no, no. solution no. to that problem is to win the ball further up the pitch. Yes. Ange's solution to that problem isn't have a guy as a sort of last resort sitting at the base of midfield. Yeah, t- to me, it's it's no really any more compelling than the we need a big no-nonsense centre-half. Mm. We've seen that for years. We got one, Shane Duffy. Yep. And what did he famously give us? He gave us strictly nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It's exclusively nonsense <laughs> from the no-nonsense centre-half. Mm. So I, I do get the... I do get the safety. I do get the kind of comfort in having like big physical players in the team. I just don't think it's anything that Ange is looking for or really particularly interested in. The Vinicius Souza thing that Melly's already mentioned, that came along and then well, I think everyone thought, well, well, that makes sense. There's the guy everyone talks about that we need. Mm. He looked like a, a big defensive midfielder. His defensive numbers were were great. But that might have just been the case of someone became available and he's of such great quality that you think well we'll take that guy Yeah, I don't know how, how interested Celtic were but it seemed to be almost a done deal at one point in the media I don't know how close it was but I think that is that is kind of solidified in people's minds that we're definitely going to get this guy and then we went out and signed Aaron Moy who's absolutely nothing like that so he's almost been kind of forced into this bracket yeah. That, yeah. that he doesn't belong in because we were linked with this guy for so long Yeah, Moy came on at the weekend and played in the number 6 McGregor moved forward then Moy moved into the number eight, but see when you mention Shane Duffy there, it's just nice to know that when we mention that, it's no longer last season. It's it's, it's further gone. in the past. Yeah. And it's past. gone. But the thing with uh, Cal McGregor and bringing in this defensive midfielder, Souza by all accounts looked like a good player, and it's just weird they ended up at Espanol, who were near relegation in the Spanish league last uh, last season. But with Cal McGregor, we've seen this. I mean, Stephen spoke about it on the at the match of the weekend. We've seen this before with bringing in guys like that. Like, uh, we need somebody for European games or domestically sometimes. Right, right well, what does that look like? Because we've mm. had Kuasi, we've had Soro, we had Celtic's captain who played in that position, Scott Brown at the time. Can you bring in somebody who's going to improve your team but only plays six to eight games a season when your captain's going to play 99% by what Scott Brown and Cal McGregor played? Mm. They're always going to play if they're available. And with the engine Cal McGregor has... 
what games does he miss unless he's taken out by the manager? He'll never not want to play. So to get this guy in and move McGregor forward, yes, I can see that, but I think Cal McGregor's so much better there yeah. with the whole pitch in front of him rather than he's maybe he's back to goal sometimes and dictating from there because the players we have there are really good as well. And adding Moy to that just gives us plenty of options. I don't think we can really afford to take the view that we need players for the Champions League. Of course we do, but I mm. just don't think it's a, it's a really... Uh, a necessary thing or really a worthwhile thing thinking about because Celtic can't afford Champions League ready players. They, they can afford players who are good enough for the Champions yeah. League, but that that becomes proven right. in the fullness of time. You could say Kyogo's good enough for the Champions yeah. League, probably is, but he didn't come to Celtic with a Champions League pedigree. No. So you could easily have leveled that at him. Like, we, or what we're doing with this Japanese guy, we should have gone out and got somebody of Champions League quality. So we don't know at the time whether they're good enough. What what we what you can do your analysis and all that as well. But do they your go, research. Yeah, do do your own <clears> research. <throat> you can go out and get a guy like that, but we can't afford players who are of undoubted quality ready for the Champions League because those cost fortunes the good thing is you don't need to do your own research because on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims <laughs> we employ scouts to look at every player that Celtic signs and we will let you know exactly what to expect from these players and that's what we've done in the summer you've already mentioned Aaron Moy coming in Stephen um, Aaron Moy a player that was targeted last year um, ended up going to China and we just know that Celtic can't really compete with the money that's on offer in China he went there for big bucks he's a player that Ange knows he's a player that Ange has worked with in the past Decent reputation when he when he was playing down south, Aaron Moy. Um, how do you feel about the arrival of him? Uh, look warm, to be honest. I, I'm only being completely honest on it. I was I wasn't blown away. I wasn't <laughs> blown away by Aaron Moy coming in. I think it's very difficult to get super worked up about that because yeah. he's a 31 year old kind of journeyman midfielder. I think we could we could probably call it Huddersfield and Brighton, but but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. I, I'm just being honest about how I how I received the news. I, th- I thought it was just okay. He came on against Norwich and looked miles off it. He needs several weeks to get back up to speed, I think, because he, he came on, tried a couple of let's get the let's get the fans on side Hollywood yeah. passes here, and they didn't come off at all. Looks painfully slow at the moment. That's no likely to change all that much no. because that's kind of who he is and how he plays. But he will get sharper. He will get his decision making a lot better as well. It's impossible to judge on that. But I'm happy he's here. To be honest, I, was I was I blown away when he signed? No, not at all. But. Now that that the dust has settled on that, it makes sense. He can add a different dimension to the midfield. I don't think he's going to bring this, you know, Scott Brown style thing. I don't no. think he's really. I don't think there's any direct comparisons we can make with any midfielders that are currently here, which is a good thing because hopefully he's a different a different dimension to that. What have you felt about the business overall, Melly, in, in the summer? And I've got a question here that I think is um, that I've seen some mental gymnastics from from some Celtic fans about because no way, oh, de- definitely, oh, for this. Aye, definitely, right? So. <laughs> Every summer we went, we've done it on this podcast, we've sat down and went, are we stronger than we were last year? And that that's the whole thing. And I see a lot of people saying, well, yeah, we are stronger than we were last year. Or no, we're not stronger. And it's a bit of a black and white way to try and figure out a window. But we are guilty of it as well, so we probably have to discuss it. But overall, looking at the window, are you happy with incomes? Are you happy with the outgoings? Is there anyone in particular that's come in that you're quite excited about so far? I'm happy. I'm- and ultimately, sorry, are we stronger, do you think? Uh yeah, I think we are definitely stronger because Celtic are in a bit of a different position than they have been over the last, what, say, 10 years because last season we had literally nobody. Mm. We had nobody, so we brought in, what was it, 14 players, maybe what 12 of them you consider first-team players, and then we obviously went out and bought another four in January. So you're looking at it and going, right, within the year, have Celtic get stronger from this time last year? Definitely. Mm. It's incredible the work we've done. Have we improved our 11 from the end of last season? Possibly not, but at the same time, can we go out and get a better player than Joe Hart? Probably not. Juranovic, Greg Taylor we've brought in competition for. The two centre-halves are very good and cost a lot of money. If you go through the midfield, Cal McGregor not going to get a better player than him. O'Reilly, Turnbull, Hitati, two of them have just come in. Mm. Out wide, two of them have just... Uh, have just signed Maeda as well and then up front we've got two great strikers so for Celtic to go and improve upon that is very difficult because the standard was already quite very, high yeah. yeah so to go out and improve upon that we would have had to spend a lot of money on top of buying Jota and Carter mm. Vickers which is massive for us getting those two in so yes we have improved we've got a better backup goalkeeper than we have we've got competition at left back we've now got four really good centre halves I'd say if Jens turns out to be good mm. in midfield we have Good options holding, and then ahead of that, we've got great options. Who are your four centre halves? Just out of interest, because people might be wondering: is he talking about Julian? Is he oh, talking about Welsh? Sorry, I've, uh, I've 
cut Julian out there. Uh, yeah. No, I think Julian will be away. Mm. Um, there was chat yesterday on Sky Sports. There'll be a couple of teams in from, but I think Stephen Welsh has been really good in the pre-season. I never expect him to be the first guy in the team sheet, but having a guy there who has come through the youth comes in, and I can't remember ever thinking that goal was Stephen Welsh's fault. I think he always comes in and does a good job. So him, Jens, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, I think that's four strong centre-halves. And then up front, we've got two strikers. It's just out wide, we maybe mm. need something because Mikey Johnson's rumours to be going on loan uh, today. So I think we still need something because I'm happy with Jota and Maeda. Abad, I think, has been good in pre-season as well. But James Forrest, I've got worries about. And I just feel if Jota's not playing, Celtic lack that creative spark. While Maeda and Abada are good at getting into dangerous positions and finishing, I don't think quite think they're very creative. Jota adds that. You're not going to get another Jota, but somebody who can, a wee bit of trickery that can create something. That's the only thing I'd say we're lacking right now. But we're in a good position just now in that all these players, all the top players at the club are all contracted for a long time. So I don't really, we're not in any urgency to sell any players. But we've brought three or four players in where you could say, right, there's this sort of thing about the first 11, have we improved the first 11? But as Melly's already said, it's very difficult to do one year into the project when you've already built this pretty good first yeah. 11. Plus so what is the first 11? I don't think, that, yeah. Yours will be different, I know mm. different. Yeah, James will be different. I don't think Celtic will play well, the same Stephen team. Me and Stephen have actually got the same one, Melly. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've revealed we've got a WhatsApp. <laughs> Just me and you agreeing on, agreeing on the start of 11. <laughs> What, don't what? tell Melly. Don't tell Melly this is the start of doing those wee squad builder things. Like, look at this one. Betty Melly wouldn't pick that. But, um, but yeah, we've added three or four players who definitely strengthen the squad on paper. Now, mm. I'll leave room to be proven wrong about guys like Jens and about Bernabe because they've, they're just in the door and there is always the risk with the markets that Celtic shop in that one or two signings won't work out. I know, yeah. So I'm, I know that, but with this, they're record that Celtic have got very recently in the in the transfer market, then there's not really any reason to believe that they're going to be flops. 
But when you look at that, when you look at the players who have gone, you think Bolingoli and Barkas and Soro and all that. Mm. Is the squad better? Aye, I would I would say it, it probably is. Certainly the selections in certain positions, certain worrisome positions have got stronger. Just to, when Stephen was, I was going to come on at the outgoings there, but I think that was really key this summer as well because having guys like Soro, Bolingoli, Barkas... Mm just sitting there taking up wages. It's no good for them, David. They're not going to play football and getting these guys out. We've still got a Yeti probably and Julian. Hopefully they too will leave because like, they're not playing football. They're not going to be playing football and they take up a lot of wages. But it's up to the clubs to find uh, a solution for that. But even when you look back on it, right, so what did Celtic lose from last season? Beaton, I don't really think you need to replace that guy. We have McCarthy, we have Adeguchi mm. and... Like, I'm not going to use him at centre half now. We've got four good centre halves, and then moving ahead, it's really Tom Rogic. Matt O'Reilly was brought in and said in January because they knew Rogic was going to go. They weren't going to go for another midfielder then, but they brought him in. So fair enough, we'll give Matt O'Reilly the time. And even then, Beaton and Rogic, good experienced players who have been here for a long time. Aaron Moy coming in, a guy that Ange knows and works with and has experience. I can see why he brought him in. It, look, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer, doesn't it? A free mm, can track. I just say, uh, before we go too far down this road, can I just say, I don't know if I'm too hot on the the um, the transfers of Moy and Jens. I, I don't know if I'm... I, Jens, so we'll start on Moy because we've spoken about him the most. He's a non-quality quantity, as you say. He's a bit of a no-brainer. He's someone that Ange's worked with before, right? But is he any good? Or is he just going to fall in beside Adeguchi and James McCarthy because to me James McCarthy and Aaron Moy are very similar in profile very similar career the only difference Aaron Moy has is he's worked with Ange before but you know Ange wanted McCarthy he's played him in a couple of games so for me if I was just taking a, a, a view on Aaron Moy for the time being I'd say well the guy's probably going to slot in it'll be, he'll be fine out between McCarthy and Adeguchi he's, he has to prove to me he's better than that Maritz Jens Another player that we identified last year went to Lorient, didn't really do that well, you know, and, and, and we've, for whatever reason, we identified him last year, they went to Lorient for not a lot of money. Might have been his choice, might have been our choice, but whatever the story was, we didn't get him last year. So we either didn't want to pay enough for him or we offered him what we thought was fair. Whatever the story, he's now back at Celtic and he's fucking cock a hoop to be here. Oh, <laughs> Jeez, oh, the comments are unbelievable. <laughs> Calling it the CEO. Thank you, Michael Nichols. I okay. <laughs> love me, love me. Pathetic. <laughs> right? So he's calling it the CEO. He's thanking his agent. He's thanking everyone for this move. But I'm like, and then obviously I listen to the scouting podcast and you think, well, this is this guy. Is he going to be better than Christopher Julian? I know Christopher Julian's bumped the bridges with the club and all that. Is he going to be better than Stephen Welsh? So I think he's got a bit of a point to prove there. Jota and CCV, we know what they are already. We basically signed them last year. And Burnaby, as you say, competition for left-back. And I think Greg Taylor's performances towards the tail end of last year, especially the last the portion of the last season, he's going to have to work pretty hard to knock him off. So I'm looking at the business, I'm going, aye, the, the known quantities we've brought in, Gray and Jota and CCV, Bernabe, yeah, we need someone at left back. He's been okay pre-season, but there's definitely going to be an adjustment period there. Yeah. Particularly when he spent, I think was it last season at Lannis, he was actually a converted left winger. So he's come back and he's playing he's playing left full back for us. And then you've got the two sort of I just I, I, I they need to impress me. I'm not looking at the Moyes and Yens going, oh what a couple of catchers those guys are. No, I, I so I, I I remain to be convinced on these two, if I'm honest. I, I'm the same as you. I think with the Moy thing, I think breaking in and getting a game ahead of Turnbull, Hattati and O'Reilly is going to be very difficult for MD because I think they're all really good players and do I think Celtic can go out and spend the money and get another guy in. So mm. I think the Moy one was maybe a bit opportunistic. He came up, he was released by... Shanghai, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he released by Shanghai and Ange maybe thought, do you know what, get him in. It's... Not that big a risk I've worked with him before and we've got him on a don't I think it's a two year deal, but I'm not sure if it's a one year plus a one year mm. extension. It's uh, that remains to be seen. But it's one of those ones, it's not a McCarthy four year one where you're going, Well, what why have you given that guy that? Adam Moy's gonna be thirty two in September. So I think he's gonna be a, a squad player and I, I can't really go, ah, I'm no the same Stephen, quite lukewarm, but I'm, he's the one I'm expecting least from because I think he'll get little game time between the four midfielders uh, the three other midfielders up against but with the Jens one I can see why again it's we spent four, over 4 million on Starfelt last season and Carter Vickers cost us 6 million getting a better defender than that again 
look, the Jota and Carter Vickers and Bernabe takes a huge chunk out of our budget. We mm. can't just go and buy another two, four million pound players to go in midfield. It's just not feasible for a, a club like Celtic, especially with wages we're splashing out on other players and fees we spent last year. So I can get that. The Yen thing, I really want him to do well because I got to meet him last week doing the oh, press yeah. conference and he was such a you nice can, guy. Look, so easy, isn't he? I, you can't just imprint on people a baby <laughs> bird. <laughs> like you open your eyes and you see Yen's and you go, oh, he's my best mate. Now. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, I just, uh, the guy was so happy to be here and he stood and shook everybody's hand. I'd be hand. happy to be there. I'd shake everybody's hand. Uh, well, not, every, act, not everybody does, but do they? No, he's acting like a guy who is just happy to be here and that does a worry. Just to be clear, that was my impression of a baby bird that inexplicably speaks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, opens yeah. his eyes and yeah. says, mama. <laughs> but the thing with these two guys is I don't think it's the end of the world if they're not guys that come in and play all the time I don't mm. know if that's specifically what they've been bought for they're both signings that are quite low risk in the fact that we've got a loan with an option to buy Jens if he's good we can get him in if not I just Thanks a lot. And the same with Moy, if it doesn't work out, it's no the end I of the know, world. But I know, but we've already a, got good. You can players. say that about every player if it doesn't yeah, work out, it's no the end of the world. If I asked, asked you, if I can ask you, at the end of the season, is there a position that you? What was the one position Celtic needed to get? Well, if I'm looking at that, well, but it's a difficult one because if you say to me what positions do we need to strengthen, I say we need to strengthen in centre back, right? Because mm -hmm. Julian's on his way out the door, and Stephen Welsh, while he's okay, is is the drop off in quality from Carter Vickers to Welsh or Starfield to Welsh, I think is quite high. So how do we solve that problem? I don't think... Well, it remains to be seen whether Moritz Jens resolves that problem yeah, for me. Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. So he's not immediately, to me, strike me as someone that will solve that problem. Another problem I think we've got is Idiguchi McCarthy. They look as if they're failed transfers on, on the yeah. face of it. And if McGregor gets injured, I know you earlier on you said he's got some engine and he plays a lot of games... That's been a long time. I mean, there's an injury down the road for him. I don't think McGregor's ever really had a long, long term injury apart from mm. that facial one. If he picks up one of those, that, that, that's the thing with Moy. But he can play number six or number eight, so that's the versus. Yeah, number. but does he solve that problem on the face of it? You're it, not going to get a player. It, it kind of remains near as good as I for the money the three were paying those. Maybe for the, those three, and then I'm looking at the the wing position that you've already discussed. Mikey Johnson and James Forrest. I mean, see, be honest, but if you were looking at the squad last season, left back was the one that was screaming out. And we've went and addressed that straight yeah. away. Centre half, as you said, we've addressed it. Midfield, we've brought in a midfielder and remains to be seen winger as well. So there's one position there and getting Jot and Carter Vickers. So uh, been there's been there. a lot of chat online, Stephen. Obviously, people have the debates about it. And one thing that I do it tickles me a wee bit is, and we can't we can't do that in a top class, world class podcast like this. We can't say tickle and, you. Yeah, yeah, we, we can't say and Ange we trust just to explain away no, every yeah. every transfer. I know some people will be, you know, sort of oh gig Ange but you have to look at these transfers on face value and you have to have your own make up your own mind about them. And I'm looking at it going Okay, Jota and CCV, you can't argue with that. That you know, unarguable Bernabe looks great on paper and in the scouting reports looks great. Can't argue with that. But these other two have raised an eyebrow. Yeah, uh, I think that on the if it's good enough for Ange, it's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean that's it's broadly true. We don't know better than the manager about anything really. But no, but don't I don't. Analysts do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's healthy or useful to just take the approach that every decision he makes is one hundred percent correct because no manager is like that. No manager is completely infallible. So it, it's. Uh, to me, it's it's pointless and fruitless to be like, well, he's he's brought this guy in, so therefore it's a good signing. Because yeah. if you do that, then you have to give him the credit or the opposite of credit for having given Griffiths a new contract, for having given McCarthy a four-year. Mm. You need. I know he doesn't negotiate the contracts, but if you want, if you assume that Ange wants these guys at the club, then you have to also mm. admit that all the the guys who aren't contributing, he wanted them at the club as well. But I, again, I'm not I'm not sitting here questioning Ange. I'm just saying that's the kind of philosophy that's probably worth taking. You shouldn't just assume because that's the that's the trajectory every manager goes on. People would have been saying that about Brendan Rodgers at first as well until the transfers went off a cliff. Well, that's <laughs> well, so, well, that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm at. I know I've kind of come full circle on this, and I was making this argument in the Discord, and I wasn't getting a lot of support on the Discord, but. I kind of feel if he sat down with the scouting team, right, and said, show's your homework for the past 12 months. Who have you found us? The answer's Burnaby, because all these other guys were scouted at the beginning of the season. And I'm looking at this going, does that just mean between finding Moritz Jens last year, we've not, we've, that whole 12-month period, we've not found a, a single better centre-half? Or is it just he's come up and went, ah, we'll take him. It could be. It could also be that Moritz Jens was the one he wanted before Starfelt, but couldn't mm. get him, so he brought in Starfelt, and now he, he gets his man. 
we don't really know last season was if you're it? looking at the pedigree of the two players though Starfelt's career was you know he was far much further on his career and bigger pedigree than Moritz yeah. Jens was yeah Jens is a younger guy but mm. and is a bit more versatile possibly than him so it remains to be seen but just the on the one fact if Ange came out and said that uh, last week look we're still in the market for another player. Do, do you think that will be a winger if Mikey Johnson goes? And it's a pre-season, so you can't really dive too much mm. into it. But the worrying form for me, not form, but James Forrest hasn't really done it for me in all the games I've been watching. And I've, He's been getting I've, a lot of football, which says to me that I'm just trying to make it work. Yeah, and you know? that's the thing. We spoke about the deal being a, a bit of a strange one, but... When you're looking at the performance, and I've, I've watched him closely because he's the one guy I think, right, if you're going to play a part, what are you going to offer us? Mm. And I'm not really seeing it from him. I'm waiting for this James Forrest of old to come back, but guys that age... You're waiting for coming. a fit and fire in James Forrest? <laughs> yeah, we need somebody fit and fire in every season and it's going to be Forrest this season. The, the problem I've got with the, the James Forrest thing is a bit like you, it doesn't really make much sense to me. And if I was to identify one player, as you say, that if we could only bring one more player in, it would definitely be a winger. Because I think I think that's where we need it. There's some curious supporting going on right now about Celtic's transfer business. Uh, and it's Celtic are happy with the transfer business so far. So the, the, the reports say Celtic are happy with the business, don't expect any more business, dot, 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 unless someone becomes available. In fact, they're working on one or two other things and Ange fancies <laughs> one more. I thought, so you've covered all bases there, yeah. uh, dear reporter. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, Celtic don't want anybody, unless somebody comes available, and even if somebody's not available, they're working on making somebody available yeah. that they might want to get. So plus, you, plus there's the fact that we've been gazumped so many times oh, by our big rivals, of course. So this is, makes it difficult to transfer market for this, us. Stephen, this notion that every time Rangers sell a pair that Celtic were supposedly interested in they've gazumped us when in fact it's all bollocks <laughs> it, it, and you could quite easily write for example Ben Davis Celtic clearly decided they didn't want a guy anymore because if you're Ben Davis's agent your first phone calls to Celtic and we Aye. went 2 million we, tri- we nearly got him for 500,000 a couple of years ago what's he done since then? Nothing, but yeah. now he's miraculously worth four million quid. Did he make any appearances for Liverpool? I take it not. I don't no, think one so. at most. I think. No, one at the most. Jurgen uh, Klopp said he's a great guy, a great player. You've just you've stuffed him in that boot. I can sent him up to Glasgow for four million quid before the inks dry. You're not going to say thank God we got rid of that guy. I had to laugh as well. That it's not just us that do it as well. It's that I'm relieved that it's not just Celtic fans because I saw Liverpool fans tweeting about how amazing business it was to sell Ben Davis to Rangers <laughs> because they signed them for one point five and sold them for mm. three point five or whatever it was, and like. Uh, it's great business. I'm like, that must be about 0.3 of Liverpool's turnover. Yeah. But like, filling the vending machine is great business if somebody <laughs> buys a look at it. That's micromanaging of, of finances. I'm so glad it's not just us that obsesses over this kind of thing. But the, the, the gazumping thing, I like, these, especially guys like Tom Lawrence, there's no way that he's looking around for a club in the off season and goes straight to go the Rangers. Yeah, if you're, if you're a, an English-based player, an international player who is considering going to Scotland, because not that many players probably do want to make that move from the Championship to Scotland, but if, you, if you're open to it, you're not convincing me that Celtic weren't called about that as well. No, even I, if you, you're your agent, if he wouldn't be doing his job, no, if he didn't go, I mean. you know what, I'll go to the Champions and the team that are directly <laughs> into the Champions. No, 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 I'll go to the team in yeah. second place. I've got a couple of qualifiers to See, play. if Celtic want these players, they'd be Celtic players. And it's yeah. really that simple. It's, it's really that simple. Unless we offer someone... 15 grand a week and Rangers offer them and the agent plays a blinder and he ends up getting 20 odd grand a week at Rangers then perhaps you would end up at Rangers but if Celtic want these players then Celtic get these players and that's really how it works <sighs> they said no thanks mate <laughs> they said no thanks <laughs> the, the, um, the transfer reporting this summer has been amazing because everyone that Rangers signs they've gazumped us and then that Calvin Bassey transfer which <laughs> consumed the news cycle for a weekend on the Friday, it was like 18 million euros. By the time he signed, it was 23. Some news reporter then reported it was 27 and it broke the transfer fee, the Scottish record transfer fee. Then it was pointed out to him that actually that's euros and when you look back, it's not the same as the 25 million that Kieran Tierney went for and he went, aye, it was a typo. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> bro. What's all this euros pattern anyway? Why are we talking about things in euros all of a Because it's a bigger number. Aye. So that, that's why. I did not vote for Brexit so we can be talking about <laughs> euros. All of us voted for Brexit for a reason. It was to get rid of euros and transfer fees. It's like, me- <laughs> it's like measuring yourself in centimetres. <laughs> measuring yourself from the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Rangers are doing with it. That's what they're doing with their transfer what an image um, Celtic's biggest expenditure has obviously been on these banners though I didn't vote for Brexit by the way 
before that goes any further. Yeah, I don't clip that. Yeah, that'll, be, that'll be put on TikTok. Uh, the banners, the Parker's banners the, um, the, the, that are going up. I, it's, there's so much chat about these banners, right? And I just enjoy, you know, having a wee bit of a wind up on Twitter and having a bit of a conversation about them. Don't really care about the banners. But it says um, where legends are made. Celtic Park where legends are made. And I sort of tweeted yesterday that that's like sort of meaningless marketing jargon mm. that you could write out on the outside of any stadium. You know, you could picture that on the outside of Manchester United Stadium. It's not a phrase that you typically associate with Celtic. And it was pointed out to us, I it was on it was on the stadium last year. That was shit last year as well. <laughs> right. But it's but Celtic then tweeted so this was yesterday, but Celtic tweeted this morning a wee Jockstein quote and put the word legends in bold as if to say this is where this uh, quote's from, by the way. So Celtic already subtweeting us. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's turmoil behind the scenes in fan media again. The, see the where legends are made thing? It's not only, Man United is a big example, but you could literally say it about ev every single club in the world yeah. because you the might Miami find... Dolphins. <laughs> you might find them small time, but every club, take your press the North End, will have legends. Yeah. So any stadium is where legends of that particular club are made. So I, it is a little bit generic. Can you name any Preston legends? Uh... Did, well, David Beckham played for mm -hmm. them. Maybe, uh, probably legend. not a legend. <laughs> uh, ben Davies. <laughs> <laughs> legend. You've obviously got one. Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair. Anyway, back to the serious business because that's what's starting next week. The serious business of Celtic having to defend the league title, Melly. Aberdeen, half past four kickoff at Celtic Park on a Sunday. Uh, incidentally, just before we recorded this, the notification came through that the last train... Obviously, because we live in Scotland at the moment. The last train is actually happening... What, past six? Uh, yeah, basically, you're not going to be able to get the train home. So you need to make other arrangements if you're planning on getting the train home from the game. Um, how are you feeling about the next season kicking off? Because it's came around quite quickly. Yeah, It, it has. You thought without these qualifiers, we'd have a big break, but it, does, it doesn't feel like that at all. Celtic went out and done the business early, like we asked them. So right now, I'm just really looking forward to it now. I think... Uh, hasten to give Rangers credit but they have went out and bought players you think oh do you know what I can see where they're going to play it seems to be making sense for them and they have managed to get a ridiculous amount for Bassi and Aribo who mm. alright fair enough but I think again looking at the rest of the league it's going to come down to the games in, against Rangers mm. uh, Celtic versus yeah. Rangers because four points last season Celtic got the better of Rangers in the games against them and, and that was kind of difference because again the league doesn't look very good to be honest no. so I think it's going Motherwell to go down getting that. spanked from Hibs getting put out of the League oh. Cup uh, Aberdeen resurgent and all that but uh, <laughs> it just it just feels like it's going to be a tight race again and not because Rangers are brilliant that remains to be seen but because I don't think the league will be that great and I don't think there'll be many points dropped so Celtic mm. need to go out there and do their business and do you know what? I think they can do that. I think in the domestically, we're looking really, really good. There's no position right now where I go, we need to bring in somebody to play there right now. I would like another winger, but I still think the three we've got there, Abada, Jota and Maeda, if we don't get him then, that they can rotate and do a great job there. So Celtic are looking strong. I think we're going to be playing well. And we've seen it, well, we've heard it all before, every team Ange goes to, the second season's any better. And when we mm. looked to exactly a year ago, Matt O'Reilly spoke about it the other day on Sky Sports, like 90-odd percent of these players weren't in the building this time last yeah. year. We've had a season where we've went out and look, looking at last season from September onwards, we didn't lose a game in the league. That's incredible to think we're, uh, after where we were. So if Celtic can continue their form for last season, we should do well. We've improved the squad an awful lot, I think, if these players turn out to be good. So I think it's just strap yourselves in again, boys, because it's going to be brilliant. Plus the return of that Champions League music is going to be sensational. Stephen, it's on next season. It's absolutely on. And, you know, we joke about the Rangers thing. We joke about the money Rangers are getting in. And Sorry, but I think this will be the end of the Skinsevco thing. Well, I'm really glad you uh, jumped to the end of my point there, because that's, ex <laughs> that's exactly the, the point I was making. I was, I was, I was building up to that, Melly, thanks. But... The, Okay, so yeah, all the, all the chemistries. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Stephen, I what Melly, what Melly said because what we're seeing here is we're seeing the eroding of any of these excuses that Celtic fans have have had about Rangers. There's any notion that Rangers are ah, well, they're skinner. They made the Europa League last year. They made buckets of money. They sold players for a lot of money. 
their managers there's no excuses now for either team there's no managers coming in midway through the season there's no rebuilding the squad there's no managers needing players or leaving or there's no Rangers are skint they don't have any money they do literally all the excuses are gone for the first time in ages this is two very strong Celtic no it's not two strong Celtic teams it's a strong Celtic team it's a strong Rangers team perhaps the strongest in as far as I can remember anyway way going back to before they went bust and had to do all their reforming and all that they are it's it's this is Lennox Lewis v Mike Tyson this is toe to toe Stephen there's, <laughs> there's, this is box office now this Angie's Celtic 2 electric postacoggle absolutely <laughs> it absolutely is do you know what this is this is yesterday's Bolognese you know it's been it's had some time to mature this yeah, Celtic yeah. team and it's it always better always, always better, better. Uh, yeah, as much as we're joking about Rangers and the the gazumpings and all that, my my approach to these things is always to assume that they'll be good, right? Yeah, and, I, and that's not me praising them at all. That's not what that is. It's not even thinly veiled praise. What it is is just a if if I approach it assuming that they are going to be a challenge, then I can only be pleasantly surprised if they're not. Uh, there's mm. no point in me or even us going into the season thinking, ah, oh, pish, skint Sevco, they'll be finishing fourth. No. I, I just don't think there's any basis for that at all. I think it will be a challenge. I totally agree with what you've just said, Melly, but the the rest of the league won't, I don't think, will be up to much, to be honest. Nah. I, don't, I don't like saying that because I don't like kind of, you know, being negative about Scottish football, but I've not really seen anything from anyone that would suggest to me that there's going to be a sustained challenge for even third. I don't, I don't know. I could You could throw a dart at the, the list of teams mm. and one of them will come third. I, I just don't know. Probably Aberdeen. Hearts are a wee bit Hearts, further ahead, yeah. maybe, but... Hearts, Hearts should be decent, but you tend to find that they're, they're just so inconsistent. Like yeah. these teams, like Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, they all just go up and down. Like yeah. you can, there's no predicting it. So I'll just, I've not even been able to bring myself to listen to Sports Sounds individual previews for all. The, they've been releasing one team at a time doing 20 minute previews. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm sorry. How Nobody many cares. downloads is your Livingston preview getting? <laughs> uh, exactly. But I think this is going to be. As you said, two teams, toe to toe. Not that nobody cares about these old teams, by the way. I mean, nobody cares about the Sports Sound podcasts. No, I mean, well, nobody cares about the old teams. Well, well covered, well, well saved there. But it's going to be two two good teams going head to head. It's going to come down to the two or, or the fixtures mm. between the two teams. I think we can't rely on anyone else taking points off them. They have, I wouldn't say strengthened, but they've brought in players that kind of make sense. They've as much as we've laughed at them over the last few years about you know, making too much of their sold Aribo for like six million or something mm. like that and talked about how it was a business model uh, it was a great yeah. win for the model even though you've let one of your best players get into the last year of the contract but with the Bassey thing that has begun in earnest the yeah. shifting players for big money and then immediately replacing them for, for less they've brought in Ben Davis so they seem to be on, on the right path Again, I'm not I'm not bumming them up here. I'm just saying, look, Celtic need to be on this year. We yeah, need, we yeah need to be 100%. On and there are no excuses because that that whole thing has been pulled away, that the lack of pre-season, the having to deal with qualifiers in June and all that kind of stuff, that's not happened. Celtic have had, to all intents and purposes, a pretty perfect preparation for the season. Yeah. No major injuries. Starfield got injured on international duty hasn't taken part but apart from that the odd knock here and there everybody's been involved everyone you would expect to be involved in first team football for the first month or so has had at least a couple of runouts in competitive games mm. this is what you this is what we're after every single season this is what it, it should be like for pre-season so we've had that so Celtic really just need to keep that ball rolling I think it's going to be really tough next season Melly. I, I think it's going to be a really it's going to be back to the, the olden days I think I think so. I think it's going to be going to be tight again, and I think it's going to be a strange season as well because mm. we have got that World Cup sandwiched in there where you're going. It's going to be full throttle from this weekend right up to November, and then you're like, oh wait, there's going to be this big gap, and then not much of a break. Then we're right back into it again. And you're like, there's there's no room for any sort of drop points or anything like. That. You just need to go at this and. To be honest, I think that's the thinking behind Celtic improving the squad because it's not going to be a first eleven this season, is it? There's going no. to be yeah. game three games a week probably for most weeks right up to November. So looking forward to it, excited, nervous, and just good to have the proper football. Do you back. know what? I'm looking forward to seeing how the press cope with next season as well because last season already doing a good job. Uh, yeah, uh, last season from basically when Ange arrived up until he won the every question they asked him was couched in as if he came from another planet <laughs> yeah. 
this is weird, isn't it? And he's like, oh, mate, oh, come on. Oh, do you know about? Yes, I know about such. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have that anymore. All those narratives are all gone. It's two blank slates, but it's a blank slate for Celtic. How does it feel to be in big boy football for a change? Basically, all that patronising oh, stuff. By the same like, about Walter Smith as well. I know who Walter Smith is. Remember, <laughs> remember they asked him, I think the worst question was, I can't remember the exact word and I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of, he was playing in the Europa League or something. They went, or they asked him, "Does he see this as a a chance to improve the level he's used to managing at, or something like that?" That the insinuation that he's never <laughs> managed at this level, and he's like, "Mate, I managed in the World Cup. I managed." It. Are you mad? Do you know, did you have you done your research on me? Won an international tournament as well <laughs> yeah. with, with Australia. Yeah, incredible. So that's that's all gone as well. Hopefully the media have learned a lesson because it was nope. it was uh, no well, that's nah, that's ambitious that's uh, optimistic to mm. say the least from me but hopefully we've we've kind of done away with that as well all the people talking about how he doesn't know the league and all that I mean, imagine that but remember like just this time last year where small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. People were genuinely talking about how he doesn't know British football and all that. Embarrassing. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely <laughs> embarrassing. And we ended up winning the double. And on that, this is a fantastic place to end the first podcast of the new season. Um, if you would like to hear more from us, you heard Stephen mention the Brexit of the Champions. It's a new podcast that we've brought out, which is basically the flagship that happens midweek. You use it to catch all the Celtic news that we didn't get in the flagship podcast. That's along with scouting, pre and post match, videos, writing. We've got a lot on there. Um, check it out at patreon.com slash 20 minute times. But most of all, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.